0: Good evening. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, and we are studying
1: the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter are the relationship chapters, and our, speaking, our speaker tonight is Amy.
2: Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much, Julie and Yvonne, for your service tonight. Hi, everybody, I'm Amy B, compulsive overeater, living for today in a recovered state. Um, thank you so much, Eileen, for asking me to speak. Um,
0: I'm looking,
2: uh, we, we start this meeting off talking about different conceptions of God and choosing your own conception of God. Um, and while, you know, God isn't the word that I, you know, choose first in my own um, thoughts and and prayers. Uh, it it's an easy word to use here with all of you. So um, but what I am I'm what I'm focused on right now, usually I look outside but it's dark. Um, but I've been bringing out um, crystals that make me um, feel connected and centered to something greater than me that I don't understand. So I have um, lapis for communication and I have tiger's eye for intuition and I have smoky quartz to dispel negative energy and I have rose quartz to connect to my heart space. And I have Lemurian quartz for connection to a divine higher power. And I'm always wearing amethyst, which is grounding. And that's just a piece of how I have continued to grow and developed a, my own conception of something greater than my myself. And taking those two words separately, greater than my self, my self will, my self-pity, my selfishness, my self-focused, focused, self-centered, all of that self. And I know we're not talking about any of that tonight, um, but I just felt compelled to share it. So I hope that's okay. Um, I am going to really quickly qualify, um, with some photos just to, just to, for those of you who, um, need to, to feel something to connect to. So you know that I am coming from a space of of one of us. These are some photos of me from various times in my life, various um, different times where I was over 300 pounds, probably in most of them, hard to find, hard for me to find photos um, because I would either destroy them or hide from them or be the one taking the picture or anything that, but I, I tried to include ones that showed just like the hallmark morbid obesity, the roundness of my features my body, my shape, just everything. Um, and this was one side of my um disordered behavior with food, this this overeating, this binge eating. And I, you know, had made a comment more than once that if there had been an Olympic sport for fastest most waste weight gain in the smallest amount of time, I would have multiple gold medals. And this is the evidence of that. And then my that wasn't the only way, though, that I behaved in a disordered manner with food. And I have more pictures, many, many more pictures of this disordered behavior. When I overexercised three times a day, when I ate so few calories and, you know, I, if there was an Olympic sport for fastest, most extreme weight loss, I would have several gold medals in that as well multiple sport medalist, not funny. Um, but yeah, there it is. And I t- always show this obligatory bathroom selfie. Um, I had had the weight off for, a, for a, a long time, for a number of years. And I really, really Easy. thought that I had finally done it, that I had figured it out. Things in my life were kind of even. Um, But uh, I am an addict of the type described in this book. And not only can I not stop once I've started, I cannot stay stopped. I can't stay here no matter how long I am here. So after this came this, and this is my, the first day of my current abstinence, my second day in the rooms, which uh, just as testimony is four years, uh, eight, eight months and one day. Um, and a second day in the rooms, first day of my current abstinence. This is a map of uh, a graph of my weight changes uh, the 25 years of my life before I came into OA. So my entire adult life, and you can see those extreme gains and losses. And I call this a powerful and unmanageable life. This graph because it really does show that. And then instead of a picture, a bathroom selfie. In this, what it's like now. I give you a person who, yeah, is is fits into the polka dot dress. I fit into the polka dot dress. I'm down over 100 pounds again, yes. But I am living my life. I am out there living my life. And sometimes it is messy, but I am there. And I am living it. And these chapters are about living that messy, messy life. That second part of step 12 having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, actually the third part, uh, we try our best to carry these uh, message to other compulsive overeaters. And then hear the last part, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Practice these principles in all our affairs. So we have these three chapters, which we're calling the relationship chapters. The first one, to wives or to spouses, to partners. Um, the second one, the family afterward. And the third, to employers. And I, I'll be honest with you, my, my flags for tonight are really in those first two chapters and they're mostly in the family afterwards, but um, so I mentioned that I've got a, a handful of years of abstinence and I, I practice these 12 steps on a daily basis and the key word being practice um, with all that that implies stumbling and learning and growing and you know, participating, engaging. Um, and I am still an addict and I am still a human and I'm just one that's not in the food. Um, Which is so, so I, I yeah, so a handful of years and I know that like, Look, I'll, I'll tell you my relationships, so many of my relationships, the way I engage so much better to employers. I don't have a lot of flags in that chapter, but I will tell you the way that I show up at work with my boss, with my coworkers, with my colleagues, just in general, this program has given me so much um, and my relationship with my children and my parents is, is so much Um, more meaningful and close. And I've uh, had some very recent opportunities. And see, this is kind of where I pause in like telling stories that share intimate details of another family member of mine. Um, So suffice to say that um, my relationship with my children I I spent a lot of their lives as a rage monster and there are times now where they might be afraid to share scary things with me or 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 mistakes or or seek help because I was a rage monster and you know what I don't I don't blame them um but I've been given opportunities to show up differently. Um, and I'm very grateful to say that a lot that so many times a lot of times I do. This program, this book, these chapters—yeah, they—they one hundred percent. They give me the tools and the and the best practice that I practice that make all of those wonderful things, and improvements and growth happen.
0: And they also
2: give me um, perspective. And hope and fellowship when there's rough going, a design for living that works in rough going, rough going in relationships, rough going in 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 that's that that third part of step twelve. I heard somebody say once, um, well somebody who i admire in this program talks about uh the first part of step 12 the sponsoring or the middle part of step 12 the sponsoring part of it when somebody's teaching the steps to somebody as uh being in nursing school like they're saying here's here's this equipment and this is for that and this is what you would do in this situation and let's sort of like run it together and you know I'll tell you how to do it and then once that person has learned how the steps work the best practice you know, it's up to you whether you go get a job in a hospital. That's where, that's where you learn how to be a nurse. Like that's where you, and that's practicing these principles in all our affairs. And sometimes things go sideways in life. And I look to these chapters a lot when they do. Um, I, I am, so I have some flags in here one of the ones on in Two Wives on page 105. And this chapter, I don't have a lot in it because the perspective of this chapter is from, it's written from a wife to the partners of alcoholics and addicts. So it's not really pr- the perspective of an addict, but I do pick out things in here that I feel like speak about me as an addict. So on page 105, where it talks about you know, we have struck out viciously, we have run away, we have been hysterical, we have been terror-stricken, we have sought sympathy, we have had retaliatory love affairs with other people. These are not just, these are on all sides of these relationships. And I look at that, and this is a a partner of an addict describing their experience, but really it's, it's It's all a mirror because that's the energy that I have, that I bring to the relationship too. And I've done those things also. And um, the thing that, ooh, the thing that really came for me, page 108, because I reviewed these chapters before speaking tonight. I really, I wasn't sure um, what was, what was going to come out. I still not, but um, top of page 108 where it talks about an addict, it really, this is describing the, the addict's condition for me, for, for me living in that strange world of addiction where everything is distorted and exaggerated. Like, wow. Wow. I think, I think that my truth is the truth when i'm in my addiction everything is distorted and exaggerated and then the next sentence i just highlighted they love you with their better self i i i loved with my better self but it but it in the strange addictive world it all got diluted and exaggerated and i'm still an addict and i still I still need this program because I'm still dishonest and self-seeking and so fearful, so fearful. Um, Here's a little thing that I sort of wanted to speak to. I know I'm jumping around a bunch. On page 118 and 119, it speaks about the perspective of a partner, um, a feeling that they are likely to entertain of one. There's one of resentment that love and loyalty could not cure the people that they love, and then this program, this book, this fellowship, they get it from someplace else. And then it's echoed again on the top of 119. You may become jealous of the attention we bestow upon other people, especially addicts. And that's my partner is not an addict and he loves me and supports me so much. And how could he not feel like i spend so mu- i spend so much time with you my family and i love doing it and i need to do it and he's entitled to those feelings and i appreciate that perspective that this chapter gives me that reminds me that practicing these principles in all my affairs means balance too um so so that jumped out at me And then on page 120, you need not remind an addict of their spiritual deficiency. They will know of it. I know,
0: I know when I'm disconnected.
2: And um, the fact that people who love me would even feel like that, I don't want them to have the burden of of saying to me, you're disconnected. And I am so sorry and also so grateful um, for people who love me to point it out. Thank you, I see it, five minutes. Well, dang, because I didn't get to most of the stuff that I prepared to talk about, um, which is great. Um, p- bottom of page one twenty five. Many uh, many addicts are enthusiasts. They run to extremes. I used to describe myself as an extremist before I came into this program. I used to be like, yeah, I'm just go big or go home. Right. Like I'm just, I I, I live big. I love big. I, I crash big, you know, big highs, big lows. I, I wasn't describing an extremist. I was describing an addict. I was describing like my, the same thing as the pictures, the same thing as the graph um yeah um and then on page 127 this is going to this is going to hit heavy cuz it's maybe it's maybe it's just maybe i it's talking about financial stuff but i read it differently um the and i'm paraphrasing a bit because i think that that's again this book has instructions in it that are framed in a narrative that that they can live separately from from which they can live separately excuse me so paraphrasing the addict on 127 the addict ought to remember that they are mainly to blame for what befell their home they can scarcely square the account in their lifetime and then a little further But we could not, we found we could not place whatever it is for which I am to blame, fixing that first. The well being always followed the spiritual progress, it never proceeded. And by that, I mean to say, whatever it is that as an addict, that as a disconnected person, that as somebody who as part of step 11 has to ask forgiveness at the end of every day, and it's assumed and it's allowed and it's given just in its very suggestion, that what if I've harmed the relationship, I can't put fixing the relationship first. I have to put my spiritual growth first because the healing of the relationship follows that that's what this says. And that's not always easy because I want to fix things. I want to rush in. And all of this stuff, all of this flag stuff that I'm not going to get to get to. And of course, I flipped right to 133, um, top of 133, where it says we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And again, I don't really know. I mean, I think I think the way that I shh, Siri, it's okay. I think the way that I um, f- that I pull that that out of the narrative of someone who sees it from that perspective, is that that divine balance, that that everything that swings that swings back, that every light has a shadow and every shadow has a light side, and that. That really is about happy and joyous and free for me, that it balances the way it's supposed to. And I get what I'm supposed to get. And then later in that paragraph, if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity got to say one of the big phrases, and I know I'm in my last minute here, one of the big phrases that I use a lot in this program, when stuff happens that I am challenged, that challenges me, I truly say opportunity for growth, opportunity to level up, and especially when it's been the stuff that has tripped me over again and again and again, this is my opportunity for balance in the other direction to grow, to learn the lesson, to level up. It is an opportunity given to me with love because I, I because I believe that. And um, the
0: cheerfully part, I get
2: that from all of you. It That's really true. Um, because I'm not, I'm not cheerful about it. Sometimes I, my heart hurts about it sometimes. And, and then I, and then I'm accepted and held and loved and reminded that I have a program and I can ask forgiveness and, um, Yeah, okay, that's it. I hope I said something that was helpful to somebody. It's so beautiful to spend time with all of you. I love you and I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Amy. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute
1: shares. As this is a big book step study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. And Tony is going to continue to be the timer. Um, if the speaker is asked a question, Tony, please allow three minutes for the
0: answer. Let's see who's up.
3: Honey, you're first. Hi, I'm um, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Miami. Um, happy to be here. And um, Amy just wanted to thank you so much for your service, not just today, but um, I just, re- remember like early in recovery when I really couldn't like connect with zoom meetings like you were just one of these faces I would focus on that just helped me connect with someone else because you were so engaged and just seeing your discipline over the years that you just keep coming back you know and like you looked amazing then and you look even more radiant today and I could tell like. I just see the miracle in you. And um, I just really, really appreciate that you're here and in your, this program and um, everything that you
0: teach. So thank you. Thank you so much. Next up we have Sally.
4: Hi everybody. Sally from Colorado recovered from eater. Thanks Amy, you're just glowing tonight and I could sense that you're in a little pain over something and it's it's uh, it's when people are in growth that I see and there's pain the, the beauty that comes over them it for me is so evident and you know I still have this voice that says I'm in pain I'm doing something wrong I'm working the program wrong and that's that's not true I'm I'm going through the steps in another program um and um we're in the second step and I, you know, the longer I'm in these rooms and I've been in these rooms a long time, sometimes the harder it gets. It really does. Because, you know, it's not just about, yeah, I'm skinny. I haven't binged in years, but, you know, I can still be a wacko. Um, And I'm so thankful for these steps because it makes me look at me. And the hardest thing is relationships is, um, putting yourself number one looking at myself and how I relate with other people and I'm really seeing through the work that I'm doing is how I um you know I hold people up to very high expectations and that they're that no human could probably live up to and uh, because that's what I do to myself because I feel um I'm not okay unless I done all the checklists and 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 I'm this picture in my mind and as I start really seeing how I can't I can't do anything without God it's not just the food it's everything I'm a crazy person unless I um, and I'm being shown that as I go through the steps again that I'm powerless over so much and you know I gave God my food but I I I didn't want to give him anything else because I I was doing okay with it, you know. And um, it's crashing down on me, and I'm really glad I'm having a big first step experience with this stuff. And this is what happens the longer you're around. And and to, to number one, the, the the first relationship I have to establish with is a loving creator, and it's taking me years to believe that you know God cares doesn't care about my food, doesn't care about my, doesn't care about any of that stuff, bullshit, you know, how how big is my higher power, my higher power now has to be big to care about all this stuff, and about my loved ones, and forgive me, to forgive me for falling short of what I think I should be, and to know that when God looks at me, he sees a beautiful child, and that now maybe when I look at other people in my life, the people that aren't living the way I think they should be living and behaving the way they should be behaving. That's how God sees them. Thank you. And that's, that's the healing I'm asking for now is to just see the the God and the goodness in my, in my brothers and my sisters in the world, because living the other way, it's really painful. So sorry, you're in pain, but I'm glad you're in growth. Love you. Bye.
0: Thank you, Sally. Next up we have Ian.
5: Hi, I'm Ian F, Compulsive Overreader. Very grateful to be here. Thank you, Amy, so much for your share. As always, um the the well-being always follows spiritual progress and never precedes that that was um I'm feeling that. I'm really feeling that. I uh I took a job recently. Um as a stage technician and they put me on costume crew and i was like fuck i'm not on costume crew why did you do this you know and we're three three days out from this show and i'm like i can't change the actors and i'm making all sorts of stupid mistakes and i don't know what i'm doing and, and the the lead costumer i was talking to her on my break today and she asked me how i felt and i, I said that you know like i keep I'm used to walking on stage, backstage, I guess, and knowing exactly what I'm doing and just doing it. And now I'm just like everything I do, I'm unsure, and I am resentful at myself, and I'm confused, and, mm-hmm. and I have to learn it all over again. And she said, "Yeah, that's life."
0: <laughs>
5: and I just, that's life. That's what this. That's what this program is about to me. You know, it, it's just um. It, it it always felt like on the when I hadn't worked the steps, like I'm gonna work the steps and then it's gonna be cool <laughs> done. No, like like this is a I am I am constantly a student, you know. I'm I'm just I'm learning every day. And then that's what I that's what I hear from recovered people um all the time is is it's it's not the uh it's not the success that you see the grace it's in the failure that you see the grace of recovered people because it's you know like i was successful all the time when i was (laughs) active addiction i never felt happy and right now like i feel i feel like i'm not in the place where i want to be and I've been called by multiple people and like, you look really happy. How are you doing that? In some way. Excuse me. You know, but like that's that's recovery. That's the that's the thing. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm I'm grateful that you shared that. And I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And I love you guys. Bye. Thanks,
0: Ian. Next
3: up we have Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Um, recovering compulsive overeater. Oh, Amy, where are you? There you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for your share as always. Um, As always, thank you for your share. It's beautiful. Um, So um, I don't know if I, maybe I missed announcements, but in the beginning, Amy said, Eileen, thank you for allowing me to speak or asking me to speak. And I just want to let you know that Lisa and I are ending our um and like we have been getting speakers it ends in january well, february 1st is our last one and so if you have liked the speakers um it's an amazing opportunity to get to know people um we have gotten speak these speakers for the last few months so um feel free to uh jump on in and uh go for that service position that starts in february um but i i also wanted to talk about in the next couple of minutes that um you know the the 12 step program of overeaters anonymous for me i mean and especially this meeting i've been you know i've talked about i've been around since high school in and out and this meeting i mean you guys you you ladies you you know family you've all played such a role for me in my stability and my mental health and my recovery. And I am so grateful. I'm so grateful. I have a place to go when my life outside of this room has been so topsy turvy. And I am so grateful for your texts, for your smiles, and for you just having a square space. Um, and just knowing um. And and I, and I wish that so many people in program, including myself would allow themselves so much more grace because I can't tell you how many people was that my time. Oh, uh, oh, one minute. Oh, okay. I can't tell you how many people I have asked to share who have said, no, my food's been a little wonky or no, I don't think. And I'm like, you have an amazing program. You have so much to share and our meeting needs to hear you, you know, and, but I think that, you know, the shame that we put on ourselves, these, these really hard things that we tell ourselves that like, we're not good enough. We're not enough because of maybe we had an, an extra fruit or we're not perfect. You got, you You don't understand we're all here. We're all recovering hand in hand. We're not going anywhere. I I can't even tell you how many people said no to me because they didn't think they were perfect. And it is heartbreaking to me because I think that you all are doing an amazing job. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. And um, I will always be here for you. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Eileen. Um, next up we have CJ.
6: Hi everybody, I'm CJ. I'm recovering Covering Billy McCann Rexic compulsive over eating. Um, it's, it's not just what you share, it's who you are. And I can say that to so many people in this room. Um, you have taught me so much about self-love and love of others. Um, I'm just I'm so grateful. And the the share and the um I I actually was those people who almost didn't want to share, <laughs> didn't want to when I was asked, but I said yes anyhow. Um so I very much relate to that, that um that needing to needing to look or I don't know, needing to be something else that I'm not um to be good enough. And um the part that really spoke to me today is is relates to my um, relationship with my son I have a 20 year old son um, who I am mainly to blame for what we feel in our home um and I am because of this program and the miracles program um he feels safe enough to tell me um when he doesn't feel safe and when he um, just when when stuff is going on and I thought you know that that opportunity for growth to level up um, for the a year ago I would have I would have been defensive whenever something was shared and this time around um, I I thought I was doing well Completely being honest with myself, and I thought I was doing well in the relationship that I have with Jacob's dad. We've got a lot of healing, there's a lot of minds that's been made. Um, we do kind of a weird little family nucleus things together. And something, something, my higher power told me to ask Jacob a question, and I did. And the answer was, yeah, it's better. And um, this is how I see you behave. It puts me in a situation that feels like I have to fix it, and I was like, my first question, my first response. And I'm not kidding you. This is probably the first time I've ever said this. Was tell me more. Tell me more. And and he did. Um, and I've always had this fear of if I mess up again, when I mess up again with my son, what if I never get another chance? What if he is done with me? And the beauty of this room and this program is I always have another chance here. Nobody will ever give up on me in these rooms. Um, And and because of that, I can extend that to him and be okay with I made a mistake. I didn't show up the way I thought I was. It doesn't make me a mistake. And and, thank you, Tony. Um, And I do have another chance to learn this lesson and make this right. And I'm thank you all so much. I, I, I wouldn't be who I am without this program. Thank you.
0: Thank you, CJ and Betty, you're next.